The views expressed in this program do not reflect the views of the staff, management, or licensee of this station. This is 91.7 FM, WHUS Stores. I am Pedlin' Ron, and you are listening to Bicycle Talk. It's January 30th, 2023, to be rebroadcast on February 1st, 2023, at our regular times on WHUS 91.7 FM and WHUS.org. Welcome to Bicycle Talk with my friendly co-host, the lovely Dr. Fran Storch, who's right over here. Oh, there's her hand. Um, if you are watching this on Facebook Live, please feel free to comment below, and Fran or I will try to respond back to you. Uh, this is a show about bicycles, bicycle culture, bicycle advocacy, upcoming news and cycling, the bicycle business, and the bicycle calendar. If you have a comment or you'd like to contribute information to the show and are listening on Facebook Live, you can comment on the Bicycle Talk Facebook page or you can email me at bicycletalk, the numeral one, at gmail.com. I'm recording my shows on Monday now using Facebook Live and then they're playing them at the normal times on Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WHUS 91.7 FM and WHUS.org. You can listen to past episodes of Bicycle Talk on whus.org, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast outlet. I apologize, as I am about to rant, I apologize for my voice, which I seem to have left in the XL Center in Hartford yesterday. Yeah, I was at a UConn basketball game, and it was tight. It was a ladies' game, and they were playing the number two team in the Big East, Villanova, and it was, uh, they gave us a game. They gave us a big time game. So it got a little, uh, got a little loud in there. <laughs> 14,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs. And I was one of them. So I seem to have misplaced my voice. And so I'm a little rumbly today, just so you know. So anyway, but my rant of the week is the sun. Okay, why am I ranting about the sun, Fran? All right. I don't know. Well, there's a few things. First of all, we just haven't seen it very much, which is a problem. Um, we're having a uh, a global climate crisis here of lack of sun for the month of January, like big time lack of sun for the month of January. Is this a real crisis or is this <clears throat> at your estimation? This is both. It really? is both. Yes, it Do is tell. both. Our sunlight days are way, way down. And, um, you know, if you're a, if you are the owner of a, a rooftop solar system, you would see this right away. It really, um, you know, January's a long month. We should be getting a lot more sun hours on our roof and we are just not getting sun hours on our roof. But that's, um, you know, that's just, uh, so I actually, that's the factual observation. Plus what I, you know, if you do a, a Google search on it, you'll see. But we just don't have that much sun, so it's um, it's kind of a thing. But when we do have the sun, and this is the this is the part of the the rant that goes along, is why are certain times of the day more deadly on the roads with the sun? I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into the show, just to keep you up and alive and alert as to what to watch out for certain times of the day, etc. And but right now we're going to move on to the positive side. And the positive side is shout out to Billy and Laura. It's the rehab folks. Although Billy, I think you're you're going to start losing your rehab status here real soon because 
You're out riding your bike all the time now. You went out and rode this weekend. I got reports back from you. You know, I think Billy is repaired and on his way. So we're not going <laughs> to, we might have to scratch you off that list at this point. Not that we don't love you, Billy. But anyway, just so you know. Um, the sun <laughs> on the positive side. The positive side is we're beginning to see it. I've got a sunny day out there today. We had a sunny day. We've had a few sunny days this past week. Saturday. Uh, Saturday was kind very, it was It was kind of sunny. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah, we're having the strangest weather you can imagine here in the Northeast. I want it to our, snow. Our, uh, our weather is up in the month of January. Just heard this this morning. In the month of January, we are averaging 9.6 degrees above normal for the month of January. So that to us is, um, geez, short sleeves and shorts. No, it's not really that bad, but it's, uh, or that good. It's, it's definitely much warmer than we're used to here at this time of year. Usually we get some really, really cold blasts and, and then we start talking more about, you know, the the uh you know way you have to dress if you're out riding your bike or whether you even want to be outside riding your bike or whatever but i do know that folks like billy are out riding their bikes when it gets warm out so good for them yay go get them it's a beautiful thing and fran even got out on saturday and went for an outdoor ride on the roads yes i did yeah with my friend martin and i said to myself if one of my friends gets hold of me and, and wants me to ride with them regardless of the conditions i'm going well, Martin got hold of me on Saturday and said, let's ride on Sunday. And I had to say, okay. So then I started something that I'm going to do this year. No, Billy, I will not. Um, so um, so I'm going to start. I started something new that I'm going to do this year. And yesterday, Martin and I went to Celtic Hill Farms to check out the alpacas. Nice. And so I've decided that I'm going to start something for 2023. Alpaca Quest 2023. Alpaca Quest. That sounds like a good one. So I'm going to ride my bike to see the alpacas wherever they may be. You'll have to keep us up to date on that one. On the Alpaca Quest. Look, Patrick Tan is watching. Yes. Hello, Singapore. uh, Exactly. (laughs) I know. He's on the other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's 11 o'clock at night. Uh, Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's all right. We'll let you off the hook here soon, Patrick. You can go to bed soon. But anyway, um, thanks a lot for watching, though. Pretty cool. Anyway, uh, let's see here. The sun. So it's like, you know, we're starting to see it, which is really good. It really warms things up nicely here. We uh, certainly are getting the warm up nicely thing. I have a funny feeling we're in for a rude surprise in the month of February. But Meaning we're going to get snow? Um, Snow, cold, whatever. I, They're getting I, snow north of us. You know, they are. They are. It's it's all it's all good north of us. But we're, uh, you know, we're just sitting in this very strange little pocket of weather. It's been quite pleasant for the most part. Um, Not pleasant enough to put me out on the roads yet. But I, uh, so, but I am so busy with indoor instruction that I... Uh, um, my my days are pretty filled up. My weeks are pretty filled up. So, uh, mechanical minute and cycling tips. Okay, what are we? Speaking of which, beginner's guide to indoor cycling. All you need to know to get started. <laughs> so we're going to go over that a little bit today on the show. We'll get people uh, focused in that direction, and and then I'm going to uh, bring up something that someone mentioned to me in 
this morning's class because she had been in the class that I taught on Sunday. And the class I teach on Sunday is a, an hour and a half long spin class. So basically it's, it's, a, it's a fairly intense class. And it also, I up the ante on it a little bit. So it's not just an hour and a half long. It's also a more difficult class than what I would normally teach. So um, anyway, can you overdo it on an indoor bike? Well, you don't want to go full bore and tire yourself out. Overtraining is still much of a risk, even if you're training um, indoors. It's better to start at a sustainable level and then keep it going and then uh, up the duration or frequency of training when you feel that you can handle it more. So yeah, you, you can overdo it on an indoor bike. And again, we will talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, so I, I talked about, <laughs> talked a little about, a bit about the sun and um, why certain times of the day are, are deadly on the roads. And what it really comes down to is uh, winter driving is, oh, we don't want to talk about that guy. Um, winter driving can be really, really tricky. And of course, <clears throat> there is there is a website here somewhere in my list that is um, that is going to point us in that direction. And I'm not pulling it up anyway. Um, so the problem is the position of the sun on the earth. And that's really where our issue is. So if you are... Um, if you're in the Northeast during the winter time, the sun sits a lot lower in the sky than it does in the summertime. Because of that, there are more times of the day that there's a glare factor. And that glare factor is, it affects people who are, yeah, riding your bike, probably not as much, but definitely if you're driving a car. The problem with that is there was a, a WWE guy that just got hit. He was rear-ended by a car while he was out riding his bicycle, and the reason was because of sun glare. The driver never saw him. It was it was um, deemed, quote-unquote, an accident, and he's fine. And they uh, he even said, you know, hey, you know, accidents happen. You know, it was a tough situation, on and on. And he wasn't, like, really critical of the driver because the driver just simply couldn't see. And that is oftentimes the case. And that's why um, that's why I like to just point this out because if you are out riding this time of year, no matter what part of the world you are in, uh, if, you're, if you're in the, the northern hemisphere, you're going to have uh, the sunlight, the sun sitting at a much lower level than it is in other places. And so it's, uh, it's a little tricky. Uh, why do I mention this? Because I just want you to be careful out there. I just want people that are riding now, and there are a number of people that are out riding now, to be particularly aware of those times of day. And so um, the times of day that are, are most of a problem of the problem are sunrise and sunset. But again, the sunrise, even though that is a, a critical time, even an hour after the sun is still pretty low in the sky. So there still are problems with, with glare. So, uh, you know, we've got <clears throat> drivers and cyclists and pedestrians and they're being cha challenged every day by other road users which uh, 
you know, our cars, trucks, etc. So we want to uh, we want to just know that you know we share information about safe driving techniques in bad weather and snow and rain and mist, but you really should recognize the sun. The sun is an issue, and it can really be um, a problem if you're out riding on your bicycle and you're out in cars. This brings me to uh, Pedlin Ron's constant rant, <laughs> which is roads with names, not numbers. And, you know, if you stay off of the um, major highways that are open and exposed and have a very good view of the sun, they, they tend to be more dangerous even even more so at these times of the day than they are than you are if you're on the back roads. If you're on the back roads, there tends to be um, either if you're up here in the northeast, we have hills and we have we still have tree cover, even though we don't have leaves on top of the trees. Oftentimes we will have um, we'll have uh, trees like pine trees and hemlocks that are that are always, they're evergreen, so they're always covering as far as that goes. But still, even having the, the wood of the tree, and it, it creates enough of a barrier, so it's far, far safer on the back roads than it is on the main roads, which is why I'm just a, a real big believer of staying on a road that has the least amount of car travel or truck travel on it. So um, anyway, at sunrise and before sunset, the sun can be directly in a driver's eyes, leaving many motorists driving with a glare. It leaves the driver's view com compromised, making it much harder to see the road ahead of an identity, identi ahead and identify potential hazards. A dusk dawn, um, a dusk sunset, your eyes must adapt to the changing levels of brightness and becomes more difficult to recognize the threats. Although the sky may be light, <clears throat> the road will be darker with deep shadows and, there's, and there is less contrast in colors, um, uh, which like, like the color of an oncoming car, for instance, it leaves the driver closer to any hazard and leaves a much reduced stopping distance. So visibility is particularly poor at dusk and dawn because natural light is reduced and isn't dark enough for your headlights to be 100% effective. Driving at these times is often associated with tiredness among drivers who have driven through the night or are returning from a hard day at work. Exhaustion severely affects focus and reaction time, so it's advisable to keep driving to a minimum in these circumstances. It's also especially dangerous for elderly drivers experiencing natural age-related changes in vision. So that moves us on to vulnerable road users. Well, who are they? That's us. That's us. We're the people on the bicycles. We're the people who are um, most vulnerable to someone who is having any kind of difficulty driving their motorized vehicle. So... Uh, Try not to do your training rides at this time of day, or even, I, I mean, this is a tough one. Try not to do your commute when everyone else is commuting. You know, sorry. I mean, that's that's true. And, and that's why I, I will also say, if you can <clears throat> take your, your commute into work off of a major road, and even if it requires you to ride three or four more miles and circle your way around and weave your way through neighborhoods, you'll be so much safer 
when you're driving in, when you're riding in, than you would be if you're on that main thoroughfare. That main thoroughfare you're gonna run into if you're if you're traveling from the west towards the east as the sun is rising. You're just you're setting yourself up for a problem, and you're gonna get hit from behind. So it's just super important to pay attention to that. As it says here, most crashes into cyclists occur on weekday afternoons and the risk of cycle accidents is four to five times greater in darkness than in daylight. Cycling with a front and rear light may make you more visible, especially in the early morning or evening, using a flashing red light at the rear and a solid beam white light at the front. I'm into flashing white beams in the front. I think that they work extremely well. Cyclists need to remain remain very attentive in driving as close to the side of the road as possible and remain in a single file. And then drivers in rural areas need to remain attentive to the presence of livestock and wildlife, especially around and after sunset. So, um, yeah, here we go. Uh, so what what's going to solve this problem? Well, the, the, the main solution to the problem is, A, as a cyclist or as a pedestrian, just try not to put yourself out there during those times. You know, if there's any way of avoiding it, avoid it. That's helpful. As far as the driver of, an, of a motorized vehicle goes, slow down. Have I said it before? Slow down. Could you please, please just slow down? Drive the speed limit. There's, there's, a, there's an obvious answer. If you drive the speed limit, you'll probably have less potential to have a problem when you're driving your motorized vehicle. The speed limits are, are posted because it's been evaluated and it's been tested and it is known what a safe speed might be on, in that particular situation on that particular road. So just drive the speed limit. It's not that hard. And if you're late because, you know, for some reason you have to get there and you're going to speed in order to get there, then maybe you should have started a little earlier. But, you know, try the speed limit. It's really, really simple. And, of course, when you get into urban areas, no matter how it's posted, I truly believe that all speed limits should be, if as long as there's a crosswalk visible, that all speed limit should be 25 miles per hour or less because that's how people, that's how pedestrians don't die when they're hitting a crosswalk, when the motorist isn't paying attention. It's all about speed. Speed is the killer. Speed is the thing that really is becoming more and more of a problem for us. And, you know, I just had a friend of mine share a, a piece with me about uh, trucks and, you know, the, the, uh, size of the the trucks that are out there and i'm not talking about 18 wheelers i'm not talking about you know big commercial dump trucks or anything like that i'm i'm really talking about the standard uh do-it-yourselfer homeowner pickup truck and and they're they're just the more of them that are out there the more the information is out there that they are truly one of the most dangerous vehicles on the highway right now uh, especially to us, the vulnerable users. And, you know, it's it's just, anyway, just to adjust the times that you need to be out there if you can. But um, getting out 
really early first thing in the morning and being out on a main road is probably not in in your best <laughs> it's not your best decision so don't do that don't do that um i don't know how else to to talk about this other than that this is this is all you can really do you've got to you have to pay attention to more than just where am i going how am i going to get there but you have to also look at where am I going? How am I going to get there? And is there a safer way to get there? Because I still want to ride my bike. And, you know, we're going to, from what the results are that I keep seeing, the more things that I read, the more I read about Vision Zero and what's going on, we're going to have more and more and more people that are transporting themselves without a motorized vehicle than we've ever had in the last 10 years. So things are going to change. And when they change, we're going to, the statistics are not going to be real good. They were terrible in 2022. And that's why um, I just sent a letter out to my, uh, my senator and my local representative to get them to support the Vision Zero um, legislation, which is out. It was supposed to go in. Unfortunately, I didn't see this until late. I wish I had seen it earlier, but you were supposed to testify for it by 9 a.m. this morning on Monday the 30th. But um, the Vision Zero Council is, uh, the recommendations here are, are elements of the bill that in that we anticipate pushback on and encourage to include in your support when you testified was red light and speed cameras, big one. Um, Idaho stop and no turn on reds. That's another big one. Let's keep, keep traffic moving, keep traffic moving safely, but moving. And then require municipalities to have a complete streets ordinance or comprehensive safety plan. And so these are all things that are coming up in our in our Connecticut legislature, as well as um, some of the national formats, because there's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of infrastructure money out there right now, which is tied into all of this. Uh, let's see here. Um, Connecticut has lost one hundred and two point five million dollars in federal funds because of our antiquated open container laws. Silly things, huh? It is time to update our laws to reflect a priority of road safety for all users, particularly those who have lost their lives in wrong way driving crashes. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of that happen here too. People go out and they they consume alcohol while driving vehicles and then they hop up onto the highway going the wrong way. Good times, huh? Boy, oh boy. Um... <laughs> And then there's all sorts of, of stories about, well, you know, why don't we just put those, have you ever been in a, a, a parking lot where you can't get out of the parking lot um, without paying or else you puncture your tires? There's talk about putting those on the exit ramps of highways, but of course that's been all, all uh, shot down because of other safety issues which may come from that and all, but you know, whatever. That's, that's another story. That's cars on cars when you get into that situation. And really, really scary. But anyway, um, it's never, ever too late to write to or talk to your local representative or your state senator uh, about any issues that pertain to transportation. As a matter of fact, it's really a ripe time right now. This is the time of, of um, in our 
in our um, development of trying to do something about transportation in this country, this is the time to really get the word out there and let people know what's going on. Things are going to change rapidly over the next few years. We're going to have more movement towards um, electric propelled and fueled vehicles. Uh, those cars are light. They're, 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 they're quiet. <laughs> it's not a good thing for a cyclist or someone who is a pedestrian because they're really hard to hear, even though there are safety standards on them. But those safety standards that are on those vehicles are at 20 miles per hour or below. So I have a, and both Fran and I have hybrid vehicles and our hybrid vehicles, because of the new safety standards, have a noise that they make when they're going forward up to 20 miles per hour. It's great in a parking lot because, you know, someone can hear you when they're, you know, walking across the parking lot. They can hear that there's actually a vehicle there because you can't hear any engine noise because there is no engine noise. But once you get over 20 miles an hour, i.e. into the deadly zone to us out on the highway, they don't need to make any noise at all. And they, the only noise that they really truly make is... Um, there's probably a little bit of electric motor noise, but it's not very much. It's probably, you're probably getting more noise from the tires on the road than you are from the actual vehicle noise itself. So that makes it really, really hard for us as cyclists to distinguish whether or not there is a vehicle coming from behind, which is why I have moved to, actually, I had it on my holiday list and Fran got me one of those really cool like rear camera things. Uh, I think it's a Garmin and it's going to go on the back of my bike and I'm going to be able to see and sense vehicles coming up from behind. I, I, it, it's crazy that we have to have this level of, of technology to be able to keep ourselves safe on the road, but it's, um, we got to learn how to, how to fight back in some way. And I think that's a great way to do it. So I will have more reports on that as I get back out on the road, but I'm not out on the road right now, so I can't tell you a thing about it yet. But I know friends of mine that have them have been really, really impressed with them and very happy that they have them on their bikes and they'll never ride any other time, any other way without them anymore. So that's another thing that we can do. Um, being visible, you know, yeah. We can be visible. You can only, you know what the problem with this being, uh, with being visible is you can only be visible if the driver of the vehicle is looking at you. As we get more into this electric car thing and we get more into this idea of self-driving vehicles, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it's, it's not making me feel super confident about, uh, what I have coming up from behind so again, I just, I need to be able to see more and I am a huge advocate of, and never used to be of a mirror on your bike. It, it, you, if you don't have a mirror on your bike and you're out riding in a lot of traffic, you're, uh, you're taking a very, very high risk. And I think the mirrors are essential if not for, yeah, okay, I'm on a busy street and there's a lot of cars coming up behind me. Um, just to be aware of that and being able to hold your line and stay in place. But what happens if one of those vehicles starts veering more towards you and crosses over your line where they're not supposed to be and 
if you could see them before they hit you, you might be able to drive your bicycle off the road enough so you wouldn't get hit and you could save your life that way. So I think mirrors are a big deal. I think they're a really, really big deal. And again, I'm, I'm really um, anxious to try out this new device that I have that's going to tie right into my computer and my phone and all. It should be kind of a cool thing. Um, so anyway, that's, that's that Vision Zero thing. We're going to kick this out right now. Um, what, what we need to really do is um, always paying more attention um, on our on our bikes because it, it doesn't seem right that we who are doing less polluting, less damage to the roads, less impact all around and also creating a more healthy society should be the ones that have to watch out for the ones who are in the opposite direction. But for now, that's where we're at. Until things start really changing, that's where we're at. Until we start having more protected bike lanes like they have in other parts of the world. And um, until the, the numbers of people on bicycles increases on the roads, we're, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to pay attention. And that's all there is to it. And remember, uh, the way that these things change is not, it, it's more butts on bikes. I, I say this all the time. And we used to say it when I was in the industry. The way to sell more bicycles is to put more butts on bikes because the more people you get out on bicycles and the more visible that is, then the more the people that aren't on bicycles start looking at it like, hmm, maybe I should be doing that. Especially when they're sitting in rush hour traffic, bumper to bumper, going nowhere, and the cyclist just twiddles by them without a care in the world and just is obviously going faster than they are. That's the type of thing where, um, you know, that, that reality will happen with more traffic, more congestion that becomes even more obvious. And then, you know, you take on that pedal and run challenge. And then there's also a challenge in people, um, people for bikes has a really cool challenge out right now. Um, so it's peopleforbikes.org is the name of the site, and they have a challenge on there called One Ride at a Time. It's a climate solution, and it's basically a great climate bike challenge. One easy way we can all contribute to combating climate change in our everyday lives is by replacing car trips with bike rides. Join the great climate bike challenge on RideSpot and commit to replacing one day's worth of car trips each week with bike rides. This is what I've been talking about, the Pedal and Ron Challenge. One day a week, park the motorized vehicle, use your bicycle instead. See if you can do it. If you can, then you just learned something, didn't you? If you can't, then you probably learned something also, but at least you can give it a try. And until you try, you'll never know. So it's definitely a thing. So <clears throat> you replace one day of, of car trip a week with a bike ride. That's only four one-way bike rides. And nearly half the trips taken in the U.S. are less than three miles, just a 15-minute bike ride. And you'll be really surprised how easy it is to get out of the car uh, and onto two wheels, having fun, saving the planet, doing all these things. So if you go to their site, there's a button where you can join the challenge and you can register yourself for it. 
and um, you know put this put this together and see how you make out and so then there's a ride to carbon neutral which is traditional bike 319 miles okay we know the bicycle is a critical tool to help you lower carbon emissions but we also know that manufacturing of a bike isn't without its own climate impact on the average it takes 319 miles of riding your bike to offset its carbon footprint did you know that that's kind of interesting so you join the ride to carbon neutral challenge on ride spot and you watch those miles fly by as you pedal your way to a better planet replacing a car trip with a bike ride make sure that you select commute under ride category when saving your ride on the ride spot every mile counts you know it's it, it's kind of interesting i i have solar on my house and uh when i look at my my little app that is available either on the computer or on my phone it tells me exactly how many um how many gallons of gas I have not consumed. It tells me how much my carbon footprint has made an impact by using the solar. And it, it's, it adds up pretty quick. It really does. And so you can really, we can really monitor your environmental impact, which is really kind of cool too. Not that that's my major concern. My more, more of my major concern is that, you know, I just, I, I just like to ride my bike. So I'd rather use that than use a car if I can do it. So that's a good thing too. Ah, oh, Billy says he's riding tomorrow. Join us. Ah, if you're riding in the morning, I got a dentist appointment. I'm not going anywhere. Um, plus I've got, I've got, um, spin class in the morning and I got spin class in the evening. Probably not tomorrow, Billy. <laughs> so anyway, um, there's also Ride to Carbon Neutral Electric Bike Challenge. Okay, that's 508 electric miles, okay, on your bike. And so you can still do it with an e-bike. So that's another thing to look at. So they have all these different challenges here that you can do. And once again, it's on peopleforbikes.org. That is the website you're looking for. And they have lots of other things in there, like explaining what their work is and what they do and, and how they're very um, involved in, in e-bike acts and bicycle commuter acts and active transportation acts, all these different things. And you should check this site out because this is definitely a legitimate organization. They've been doing this for a long time. But join their challenge. Join their challenge and... Um, let, let's let's start cracking down on this one listener at a time. That's all, that's all how I'll call it out. Uh, it's it's there is a solution here and we can really we can all really get involved in it and and do something good for our planet for ourselves, which is really cool. So um, back to the indoor trainer, <laughs> because this is the time of year that a lot of people are spending a lot of time indoors. And so what do we have going on here? So we're talking about, um, maybe it's your first time. You know, I have a, a, a woman who takes my classes early in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She, uh, her husband over, over the holiday, Christmas holiday, he bought her a trainer. So she could do that at home if it was a bad weather day or if it was a, um, you know, maybe the kids couldn't go to school that day, so she has to stay home. She can't go to spin class, whatever. So he bought her a trainer. And the thing is, okay, so you have this thing. What do you do with it, right? 
because it's it's going to require a space. It's going to require um, some thought ahead of time. If you come to our house, you'll see how Fran has her little studio down there. So she's she's got it all set up, and we're going to go through it. Just a few things there. You got to find that right space. You got to find the training equipment and uh, figure out what you're going to do. Now the trainer is is obviously the first thing on the list. I um, I do find that if you are looking for a a quality ride and a quality trainer and to not do as much damage to your bike the ones that require you to take the rear wheel off and put the frame of the bike into the rear end uh, into the trainer system itself are probably the best out there that way you're not going to have to worry about things like um you know, burning out your tire, your rear tire on the trainer, which is an issue, by the way. And yes, they do make. And this was something that someone had brought up when she had mentioned it in the class. One of the other riders that was there who was also an outdoor cyclist, he said, oh, yeah, you're going to go through rear tires. And she said, what are you talking about? Well, you know, your rear tires, they they're made for the road they're not made for the trainer so you need a different durometer rubber on the rear wheel of the bike if you're using one of those style trainers so um that's something that is uh worth purchasing because otherwise you're going to be getting flat tires and running into problems the other thing um that I like to point out to people, and this is this is like super important. Uh, don't put full pressure in the rear wheel when you're getting on your trainer, because that pressure that you put onto that rear wheel, that 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 when it heats up, and it will heat up, it gets very very warm, because you've got a, a large diameter wheel that is turning a very small diameter. Um, cylinder down at the bottom and that cylinder gets super hot and when it gets hot because it's turning over so rapidly it will then heat up the tire and when it heats up the tire it will expand the tire on the rim and you could actually get a blowout when you're riding your bike on the trainer yeah flat tire on a trainer who would have thought so super important that you pay attention to a few things but um the best thing, the next thing you need to look at is now you need to look at, at where are you going to do this? So some people, you know, they go all out and they turn their garage into a pain cave dedicated to hours of indoor cycling. I parked my car in the garage, you know, I don't have any room in the garage anymore. I've got bikes hanging everywhere. There's no room in the garage. So what we have is in our, in our downstairs part of our house, we have an open family room and, um, that's where Fran has set her bike up and she's got it set up right in front of the TV downstairs so she can tie her entire program into that and she's got a big screen in front of her and it keeps her pretty entertained for the most part she seems to enjoy it uh, she also has started communicating with all sorts of people <laughs> while she's down there because i hear her just chattering away while she's riding her bike. well i'm texting but you're texting right but you're still and but you can do more than that right you can also do the headset thing i, think, I can right? but i don't yeah so there is a there is a way like the if you're a gamer 
there's a way of using your your gamer applications. Um, I can't think of what they call that. There's something specific that they call that. That you can actually, you know, put a headset on. You can actually talk to the other people as you're riding along with them too. Um, it gets complicated, but you know. If you just need to ride your bike and spin your legs out for an hour, you don't need to get so sophisticated with it. But there are other people like, you know, Fran and our friend Kim who will spend three hours on the trainer at a time, which is a long time to be sitting on a trainer. But if you've got entertainment by having all these other people that you're talking to. And good music. And good music. And, and a goal. And a goal. Then you can, you can, so, you can stay there for a while. So Zwift has the Fondo series from like um, from December through April. Mm -hmm. So the first weekend of the month from December through April is the Fondo series. So I may do a Fondo on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, well, and they have choices you can do like it's 30 something, 40 something and 60 miles. And I don't think I want to do 60. Right. So I'll probably either do the 30 something or the 40 something. Well, another thing that I'll be talking about um, within, well, after tomorrow, because I think it launches tomorrow, is that at the local community center where I teach my classes, we are setting up a three-hour um, ride for cancer. Um, so we're going to have connections into that with a Zoom connection. And so you could, you could actually take one of my classes as much time as you want to give to it. Um, you could actually do one of my classes online and become part of a Zoom page. Uh, I think we're gonna have 100 slots open, I think is what Jess told me. So it's gonna be, you know, pretty big as far as that goes. And then we're also gonna have, you know, slots available at the actual community center on the uh, on the, the spin bikes that I teach on, on the Kaiser bikes I teach on. So um, there's gonna be a number of ways to get involved with it, which is kind of cool. And Fran, you said something about having a, setting up maybe a Zwift page on that. So we're gonna have to discuss that right. and see yeah. what we have to do to link it into it because we could invite people from all over the world to come yes. join us with you this. To, and we're gonna do it to you know raise uh, money for cancer and cancer awareness and if you you've ever had and I don't know many people who haven't had um, a friend relative family member that has had a bad experience with cancer obviously you know it's it's a pretty simple way to raise a few dollars for a really good cause so I'll talk about it more at a future show probably by next week I will have all the information and I'll have a link for everyone and I'll be able to tie that into my Facebook page and uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll rally the troops, so to speak. I know that, that Billy has been a, uh, a big, big fundraiser over the years. And I actually, I actually picked his brain last week and gave information back to the, uh, the woman who was put the, putting this together at the community center. So, um, and she was very receptive to your ideas, by the way, Billy, if you are still listening. So that's a cool thing, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But now we go back to that, you know, that trainer spot, and where are you going to set it up? Um, if you don't have a carpeted area to put it on, let's say you're down in a, in a basement somewhere on concrete, you might want to put something down softer on the floor, a carpet or um, something like that. If you are the type of person that 
perspires a, a tremendous amount, especially when you're sitting completely still when you're on your trainer. Maybe you might want to get yourself a, a, a bath mat or something like that. Something that you can pull up and throw into the washing machine and, you know, get the sweat smell and the sweat out of it. Uh, but you know, that's, that's also a nice idea to put another, another layer underneath you that happens to be absorbing. Some people just put a towel down and then they pull the towel up and they throw that into the washer when they get done. So there are a number of things you can do there. Um, there's also, if you're, again, if you're going to sweat a lot, you better have some sort of a, a spray bottle or something and and a, a cloth to to wipe your bike down afterwards because the sweat will collect on the bike it's not real good for it so you need to look at all these things if you're starting out for the first time on the trainer i also um i also encourage you to get yourself like a, a small like a, a fan that will blow some air on you because it's uh you know they're they're inexpensive it's a great way to go. It'll just blow some air back on you, make you feel a little bit cooler. It'll make you feel better. That's definitely it. If you have the ability to um, put a, uh, you know, put your trainer somewhere near a, a, a nice stereo system or, or something that, you know, you can get some really good music, uh, you could do that if you're using you know, pods in your ears, you can use that for, for, um, for entertainment, but you definitely want some entertainment. You definitely want some, some, something motivating, something I like really hard driving rock and roll music is what I like to use when I'm teaching my classes. So find something that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, push the limits there a little bit and get you all fired up and ready to go. There's all sorts of great motivational music out there that'll that'll keep you going. Find what you like, what you what you want to listen to, and make sure you have some sort of entertainment because it will just it, you'll drive yourself mad if you try to do this without that. So um, you know, set up your space and a small table next to your trainer that you can put things on, like extra water bottles, maybe an extra towel. Um, or anything else that you need, you know, anything else you might need as far as that goes, works out well too. Um, you know, any, anything you can make it that can make it so that you don't have to get off the bike, you continue to stay on the bike and, and get your workout in. So the key though is, you know, find that space, find the space that works and make sure you have uh, proper ventilation and, and cooling devices available so that you can, you know, sustain some time on the bike without hurting yourself. So anyway, that's your beginner's guide to indoor cycling and all you need to know. Oh, I, I didn't mention two other things too. You do need to occasionally check the air pressure in your tires. If you're using a, a rear drive train trainer without the rear wheel rolling on the, uh, on the, on the roller in the back, uh, the front wheel will need some air pressure every once in a while because it'll get soft over time. And you want to keep that firm and, and um, you know, stable in the front. Um, a holder for the front wheel, which elevates the wheel to the same height at the rear wheel would be at, makes a big difference too. They're relatively inexpensive and they will keep you from feeling like you're sliding forward on the bike and, and going downhill while riding the bike. Um, 
And uh, let's see, what else was I thinking of here that is needed for this sort of thing? Um, so yeah, you need to check that air pressure once in a while. And yeah, you need to, you know, occasionally lube the chain <laughs> because you're you're dripping sweat on it. And so you're, you're going to... Um, you're going to eventually cause some problems for that. You might have to wipe it down every once in a while. You know, simple stuff. You know, things like you would do if you were riding outside, but you're riding inside, so it's a little bit different. You're not having um, problems with weather experience on the bike, but you are making your own sort of weather on the bike. So you want to keep an eye on that chain, make sure it stays dry. You want to check your lube points on your bike too, because it might be a bike that you also use outdoors as well as indoors. Maybe it's your spare bike, maybe it's your only bike, but it's, um, you know, want to make sure you take care of your machine. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, last thing on my list, which I was going to mention, and I just remembered, um, pets and small children. Uh -uh. Keep them away. Keep them away, keep them away, keep them away. Please keep them away. Um, some trainers have open exposed um, fans and such on them, which little fingers could get caught into. Pets' noses could get caught into. I don't do that. That that little roller on the back of the of the rear wheel drive trainer gets super hot. Someone will get their, their fingers burned or their noses burned. You want to keep pets and children away from this activity. You need to make sure you keep it separated in some way. So that's what I got for um, getting yourself going on, on a trainer and in the indoors because this happens this time of year. Um, let's see, next couple of days, we're going to have some warm enough weather where you don't have to be indoors, but... That's great. But That's be really working. Nice. But yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Um, so here's a couple of like short facts here. Um, Americans take 1.1 billion trips every day. Every day. 1.1 billion trips. Just Americans. An average of four trips per citizen, 87%, 957 million of daily trips are taken in personal vehicles. Ouch. If 10% of the population were able to replace one car trip a day with a bike ride, overall carbon emissions from transportation would drop, hang on tight, 10%. See why I always keep talking about this? Half, 48% of all trips taken in the U.S., are less than three miles. That's a 15-minute bike ride at an average pace. Okay, and the health benefits of bicycling obviously far outweigh the risks of poor air quality. All right, so there you go. Okay, so I'm out riding my bike now, but now I'm riding in pollution. So what's, what's the story there? People who shift from a car to a bicycle it is estimated the beneficial effects of the increased physical activity are sustainably larger, three to 14 months life gained, than the potential mortality effect of increased inhaled air pollution doses, 10 to 41 days of life lost, and the effect on traffic accidents also, less than um, 1% to versus 1%. So anyway, there it is right there. Yeah. You, you're actually your health risks are are far greater 
are, are, are not, you know, far less by riding a bicycle than they are by hopping in a car. Isn't that interesting? So anyway, um, <laughs> just little, little blurps of information that are out there that talk about all these blurps, blurbs, blurbs, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm going to move on real quick here because, you know, guess what? The cobbled classic season is about to kick off. By the way, there's right now, um, I think we just finished the tour down under and we are now looking at the tour of San Juan in Puerto Rico, which is what a great place to have a bike race in, in the middle of winter, Puerto Rico. It's gorgeous down there. It's always 85 degrees. It's always, always nice this time of year. Hurricane season's over. <laughs> because that is an issue. Um, and I got to tell you, I've been to Puerto Rico. I've ridden my bicycle in Puerto Rico. It's beautiful. It's just, it's a tropical island. It's about the size of the state of Connecticut, which, you know, I know we're not a very big state here, but it's still as big as the Connecticut, the state of Connecticut. And it has mountains and jungles and wow. It's just spectacular. Such, such a cool place. And then beaches, obviously, surrounding the entire island. So it's a very, very cool thing. So there's a bike race going on there now. If you're watching bike racing at all, that's going on. But what's really coming up is, um, where is my pro calendar in here? Um, not there. There are the, the cycling classics are coming and they are coming soon. And I thought I, ah, here it is. So I have a pro cycling calendar here. I have posted it on the, uh, on the Facebook site. So the Bicycle Talk Facebook site has a link to the 2023 pro cycling calendar. And it's, um, it's very busy and things are going to get a lot busier. And um, the Big, I think February 25th is the first of the um, of the Cobble Classics, and that's the Umlub Hit Anuvitsblad, and that is in um, Belgium. So that's coming up on the 25th, and and then they just stack up right after that. Lots and lots and lots of classics, including the uh, Tour of Flanders, which is another big big name one. The Amstel Gold Race, which is another big one. And of course, on April 16th, it'll be the Paris-Roubaix. Ah, the Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. So this is this is just, um, here we go. It's 2023, and we're about to uh, jump into the, uh, the cycling season, the pro cycling season. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. All sorts of good stuff coming up. Um, events. <clears throat> The, uh, on May 17th in Stores, Connecticut, we will be hosting the Ride of Silence, and it will be um, based around the University of Connecticut and the uh, Mansfield Community Center. So we'll have more information on that as we get closer to it. So uh, keep your eyes on that and check that out. The uh, Let's see, the Made Bike, www.made.bike is an industry consumer event that is highlighting the craft of handmade bicycles, and that will be August 24th to the 27th in Portland, Oregon. The Bicycle Game on the Early History of Bicycles in Hartford is on through the summer, and that's at 1 Elizabeth Street in Hartford, Connecticut, and that is at the Connecticut Historical Society. If you haven't checked it out yet, you really need to check it out. It's very, very cool. 
And of course, we've got coming up very, very soon, um, the UCI Cyclocross World Championships will begin on Saturday, February 4th and end on February 5th, Sunday, February 5th. By the way, how about Wout Van Aert? Boy, oh boy, is he kicking butt right now. Um, he seems unstoppable. We'll see what happens. But there's, uh, there's some really crazy stuff going on. And remember, the queen of the classics, the Paris-Roubaix, is just about two months away. So we're getting closer on that, too, which is really cool. Uh, continued shout-outs to Too Tall Billy and Laura. Uh, don't forget about that bicycle game in Hartford at the Connecticut Historical Society. I'm going to say it again. It won't be my last time. Get loud. Get active. Our time has come. Stop complaining about traffic, dangerous roads, the price of gas, and the lack of places to safely ride. And join the revolution of change. Remember, when presenting to your local governments, come up with solutions, not complaints or problems. Positive beats negative every time. It's 2022. Initiate, participate, ride your bike, tell everyone you know, take on the Pedal and Run Challenge. If you have a motorized vehicle, park it one day. Use your bike instead. You might just surprise yourself. The views expressed in this program do not reflect the views of the staff, management, or licensee of this station. You've been listening to Bicycle Talk with my co-host, Dr. Fran Storch, a show where we talk about bicycles, bicycle culture, bicycle advocacy, upcoming news and cycling, the bicycle business, and the bicycle calendar. If you've been listening to this on Facebook Live right here, you can comment below, um, or you can send me an email at bicycletalk, the numeral one, at gmail.com. If you'd like to inc uh, contribute information to the show, again, my email is bicycletalk, the numeral one, at gmail.com. This is Pedal and Ron. Remember, keep the rubber side down and the wind at your back. Get out and ride your bike. It really could save your life. This is 91.7 FM, WHUS and Stores, and WHUS.org. Thanks for listening. See you again next week.